is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I wonder if you can remember, those of you who've been around Jubilee a little while, what was significant about Sunday, the 21st of May, 2021? Back in the field. Well done, that man. Not actually back in the field, but it was the first Sunday in the field. So it was the first Sunday. It was actually our first in-person meeting in over a year. And as you rightly say, it was in a school field with umbrellas and a lot of prayer for sun. And uh, it, was, it was actually Pentecost Sunday that year. I mean, what a Sunday to start meeting together again physically after a while of not being able to do that. Fab, wasn't it? And yeah, there were, there were uh, we had this whole series of meetings, those of you who weren't around then, uh, we had a whole series of meetings outside in a school field, because at the time we couldn't really gather inside and uh, do what we wanted to do. So we were outside with umbrellas for rain some weeks and a lot of sun other weeks. And uh, you sort of came dressed with your picnic chair ready for whatever the, the weather would throw at us. And they were fun times actually, wasn't it? Because we hadn't been able to meet together in a room for a while, uh, over a year actually. And it was just great to be together again. But what a Sunday to come together again after being apart. Pentecost Sunday. And uh, I think I probably spoke about uh, the Holy Spirit. Because what, what else do you speak about on Pentecost Sunday? I mean, you, it's, it is compulsory. Uh, you sort of have to speak about the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday, which is a good thing because it is a subject that I love to speak about. And I think we spoke about gifts of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and, and some other things. So Pentecost Sunday, which we uh, reach today in, in this, year's, this year's church calendar, is when we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on those, those early believers. Now they were gathered together to, to, to celebrate and uh, to, to look back at and celebrate an Old Testament festival which was celebrating the early harvest. So they were, they were together in Jerusalem and they were together in one place. The believers were there. The Greek name of the festival was Pentecost. And it was at that gathering when everything changed for them. In recent history, just a few short weeks previously, they had seen Jesus crucified, died. They'd seen him risen again. They'd seen him ascended to heaven. And he promised to send the Holy Spirit. I wonder if they really understood what that meant. I wonder if they had any idea of what was going to actually happen. But they were together and they were praying and they were, they were seeking God. And that was a Sunday where everything, it was a day when everything changed for them. 
So we said last week we were going to spend a few weeks looking at uh, the subject of the work and person of the, the Holy Spirit. And uh, last week we dived straight into the book of Genesis. Not, you might think, the obvious go-to place to talk about uh, the Holy Spirit, but we looked last week, if you're with us, I hope you remember, um, we looked last week in Genesis where we found the story and account of Isaac in Genesis 26, where he'd opened up wells that had been dug by his father, Abraham, and, and none of you, I mentioned that last week, I talked about his father Abraham, and none of you went into a song. I was really disappointed, I think. I remember thinking, I wrote my notes, saying, I bet someone's going to start singing Father Abraham, and no one did. No, I wouldn't have any. It's an ancient, an ancient song. That's all, there we are. Thank you very much. Father Abraham indeed has many sons. So maybe that's a song... <laughs> I shouldn't have started. It's my fault. I started it, isn't it? I've only, only got myself to blame. So there we are. We've got, <laughs> thank you for that. We found Isaac opening up the wells that were dug by his father, who is nameless. <laughs> and uh, we saw how that was a picture, actually, of God wanting to unblock something in our lives. And just as he had to have access to the fresh water that the wells provided, we need the fresh water of the Holy Spirit, don't we? We really, we really do. We really do need that fresh water of the Holy Spirit. It was vital physically to their existence. And, and friends, it is vital, the work and person of the Holy Spirit, vital to our existence as believers really is. So this morning, we're going to spend some time reminding ourselves about the person, the work, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and uh, to ensure that we are full to overflowing in all that God wants to do. So that's where we're going. Is that okay? Yeah. So should we pray and ask the Lord to be with us and to help us? Lord Jesus, we want to thank you this morning for your presence already as we've gathered to worship you. And we pray, Lord, as we open up your word now, that, God, you would speak to us, that it would come alive to us as we read it. And Holy Spirit, you would come this morning and encounter us afresh. We say, Lord, we are hungry for more of you. We recognize our need for you. And we say, God, this morning, would you come to us? Would you fill us afresh? Would you refresh us? God, would we meet with you? Would you empower us? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so who is the Holy Spirit? Is probably a good place to start. And if you think about the person of the Holy Spirit, probably you start by jumping to New Testament references to get your description. But we see from Scripture that the Holy Spirit is present and active right the way through Scripture. In fact, right from the, we, we see what he's up to right from that moment of creation that we read about in the book of Genesis. We, we see that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So right there, right at the beginning, we, we find the Holy Spirit 
at work. He's involved in creation. Remember, he's the third person of the Trinity. We've got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And right through Scripture, you can read about what he's up to and some of the things that he's doing. And you see throughout the history of God's people that he is involved and present and active. He is God. He is equal with God the Father, Jesus the Son. This is not some wispy ghost-like force. Although perhaps some translations talk about the Holy Ghost, which sometimes confuses our thinking perhaps. We're, we're talking about the person of, of God himself, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you see in throughout the Old Testament that actually the Holy Spirit is particularly at work at certain times. Certain times, certain people, for certain reasons. So, for example, you, you, you find Solomon, God giving him wisdom through the Holy Spirit. You find Samson, God giving him strength through the Holy Spirit. So it's not that the Holy Spirit is involved in everybody's life intimately like he is now in terms of the people of God then, but rather he seems to be more active for, for certain people at certain times for certain reasons. But the Old Testament looks forward to another time, a different time. There's a promise that one day, one day God's Spirit will be poured out upon all who believe. There's a promise that's looked forward to. So, so Joel, for example, in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, it says this. I will pour out my Spirit, God says, on all people. Turn to the person next to you and say, all people. All people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So it's a promise. It's looking forward to another time. A time when God's spirit will be poured out upon all his people. So Joel's looking forward to this future time. But friends, that's the time that we're living in right now. That's the time that started on this day of Pentecost that we've referred to. And now we're living in that time. Now we're living in the good of it. Now we're living in the time that Joel prophesied about and spoke about and probably dreamt of living in. We're in it now. I mean, what a wonderful privilege. Do you ever think about, I wonder why I've been born now? Does that ever cross your mind? Do you ever think about, I wonder why I'm here now and not maybe, I don't know, a hundred or so years ago or a thousand years ago, even more. But God in his providence has determined that you should be born now and live in this time. And this is the time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What a time to live in. 
What an amazing privilege we have to live in this time that the Old Testament looked forward to. And we get to say, yeah, <laughs> Joel, that's our time. That's when we're living. So what does the New Testament have to say? Well, John the Baptist also promised the coming of the Holy Spirit. Who's talking about Jesus when he said in Mark 1, I baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's still looking forward. He's a bit closer to it than Joel was, but he knows it hasn't quite happened yet. So we've got Joel looking forward. We've got John the Baptist looking forward a bit, bit closer. But then Jesus himself promises the coming of the Holy Spirit. So in John chapter 7, we've got some fantastic verses where Jesus is speaking. The context, again, it's, it's the Feast of Tabernacles now. And it's, it's, a, it's a time of remembering. So, so the Jews are gathered together and they're looking back and remembering a time when God was faithful to them. They're remembering the time that when they were led in the desert by Moses, where they had a need of water and there was no water. They remember a time when, when he strikes the rock, and maybe you remember the story, and water gushes from it. So much water that all of the people of God and all their animals are provided for. I mean, it's a lot of water. We're talking maybe, historians and theologians reckon, uh, maybe somewhere around 2 million people, something of that sort of number. Give or take a bit. So we're talking a lot of water here. We're not just talking a little tap on and hopefully a couple of flasks. We're talking all that they needed and enough for their animals as well. So the Jews remember this at a festival. And I have to admit, this sounds like a fun festival to be at. Because what happens, uh, and we'll read about it in just a second, but the Jews remember this at this festival by taking these large clay jars of water. And we were talking big jars of water here. And they pour the water down the steps of the temple to, to illustrate and picture God's provision. Oh, there's a whole other picture about the water flowing from the temple, isn't it? Yeah. Remember that one? Remember Ezekiel? But they're celebrating and thanking God for being faithful to them. They're pouring this water down the steps of the temple. In that context, at that festival, at that time, Jesus says this. John 7, verse 37. Says this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, the feast... So when this is happening, okay, water going down steps, steps the temple. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. 
up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So even at that point, Jesus is looking forward to the coming of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. But isn't it amazing, in that context, all this water flying down the steps of the temple, Jesus says, hey, if you're thirsty, because that's what they're talking about, that's what they're remembering, come to me and drink. Now you know, don't you, flowing water is a picture of the Holy Spirit so often in Scripture. But if you'd gone to Jesus on that day and said, okay, Lord, would you, would you fill me with your spirit there? Come on, I want, I want to drink now. He would have said, you've got to wait. You've got to wait. But Jesus promises to send the spirit, not just an impersonal force, but the person of the, of the Holy Spirit. Then a little bit later in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says this. It says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Who recognises their need of power this morning? We, we, need, we need God's power, don't we? And I've been praying about this and thinking about this this week, as you might imagine. I was just so struck again during, during worship about this verse, verse in Acts, about Jesus promising the power of God. And I was just reminded once again, what is it for? Why, why does he do that? What, what's the reason that he promises us power? He explains it for us. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You'll be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And if Jesus was standing here this morning and saying the same thing, he would talk about being witnesses in Derby and Derbyshire and Nottingham <laughs> and to the ends of the earth. Where you live, your area, the people that live close to you that you perhaps don't always get on with if you support different football teams. And to the very ends of the earth, you will receive power. Power to be his witness. God has called us to be his witnesses. That's what Jesus wants for us, to be witnesses to the power of God at work in our lives. Witnesses to what he's done in your life. But you know, you can't do it on your own because you're not meant to. You're meant to use the power that he provides. And this morning, I, I feel that God wants to give us a fresh outpouring of his power. Power to be his witnesses. Power for you to be his witness in your world. Whatever life looks like during the week, wherever you happen to spend your time, in your family, in your home, in your workplace, in your streets and neighborhoods, wherever you happen to be, 
God wants to empower you to live for him, to make a difference for him, to bring his kingdom there in order that he might be at work. Let's read from Acts 2. I'm sure you're wondering when we'll get there. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages or tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Now everything changes. The Holy Spirit is poured out now on all believers, not just certain people at certain times for certain reasons. Now it's all people. Not just for the experienced, not just for those who have been for a Christian for a certain length of time, not just those who have read all their Bible from, front, from beginning to end. All believers Every follower of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit does a number of things. I mean, we haven't got time to consider everything in detail this morning because I want to make sure we've got time to pray. But the Holy Spirit obviously is at work in the heart of every person who comes to faith because. That work of regeneration in the heart of an unbeliever only starts because God does something to start with. So actually when people say, oh yeah, I went to an Alpha course and became a Christian or I went forward in a meeting or I prayed a prayer, that's when they realized it. <laughs> but God had been at work in their life already through the Holy Spirit. So he does that. He also reminds us and, and teaches us and comforts us. One of the words in, in Scripture for the Holy Spirit is, is the comforter. But the advocate, John 14, 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Advocate, helper, comforter, different translations use a different word there, but it's the same sort of idea. The Holy Spirit comes to comfort us as well as empower us. And he does empower us. Like we've said this verse from Acts chapter 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He gives gifts. We'll look at this next week. But there are gifts that the Holy Spirit brings, gifts to us like prophecy, speaking in tongues, healing, serving, giving, leading, teaching, encouraging, and so on. These gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gives them to believers. Jesus gives these gifts to his church. We'll look at that next week. He also gives fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. I think that's all nine. Galatians Five, I think it is, if you want to check my list. But they're fruit that the Holy Spirit brings to bear in our lives. So he is at work in our hearts, dear friends, if we let him.
So are you giving the Holy Spirit space this morning? Are you allowing him to do what he wants to do? Because this morning he wants to come and empower you to fill you afresh. He wants you to experience and know the Father's love and live in the good of it. He wants, you to, be, he wants you to be full of his power in order that you might make a difference to, to those around you. He wants you to operate in the gifts that he gives and wants this fruit to be evident in your life. <coughs> but you see in Scripture that when the Holy Spirit is poured out on people, something happens. There is always evidence. Now, it can be different things. Very often it's speaking in tongues. But it can be other things like prophecy. Or just a, just a fresh awareness of, uh, of God's love and his power. Whatever it might be, my point is this. If God comes to you in the presence and the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, and you give him space to operate in your life, then you'll know about it. It won't be you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure. Because sometimes I say to people, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you been, been filled with the Holy Spirit? Sometimes people say, oh, oh great, I'm not sure. That's okay, we can pray. But actually, God wants you to be sure. He wants you to know. He wants you to experience his power in your life. In order that you might be sure and you might live in the good of it. Not thinking, oh, I don't know if, but no, actually, you do know because God's met with you. So often, the Holy Spirit comes to people as we pray and as we lay hands on people and pray. It doesn't have to happen like that. You've even got accounts in the New Testament of, it seems like the Holy Spirit comes to people even before they've, you know, it seems responded to Jesus. You're thinking, isn't that the wrong way around? What happened? What's going on there? And no one was praying for them and still the Holy Spirit came. God can do that because guess what? He's God. But often, it happens as we pray. And so Paul was not afraid to ask people, as he travelled the New Testament world, have you received the Holy Spirit? So my question for you this morning is this, have you received? Have you received? And if, you're not sh if your answer is no or you're not sure, that's okay. There's no embarrassment in that. Just be honest with it. Just be honest about it. No, I don't think so. Or, I'm not sure, Pro probably not. That's okay. We can pray for you. God wants to come to you. And if this morning, my question, have you received the Holy Spirit? You're going, yes. My question, follow-up, is, well, are you living in the good of that? And are you full of his power? Because there is more for you. No matter what you've experienced thus far, God has more for you. Just as the band come up, let me give you one more verse from Ephesians chapter 5. Is this. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, 
speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't get drunk on wine. Instead, or better, be filled with the Spirit. And in Greek, if you look at the meaning of the words in, in, in some detail and the tenses, you'll find that we, we, we find the present imperative tense there, which means it doesn't describe a one-off event that you look back to, but rather it describes something which is ongoing. Not just a one-off occasion, but an ongoing, a regular pattern of life. Perhaps a better translation is this, go on being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So even if this morning you can look back at a particular time and say, yes, I know in that moment I was filled with the Spirit. Are you being continually filled with the Holy Spirit? Let's stand together. We're going to pray and then we're going to pray for one another and ask that God might come to us. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words to us. Thank you for your command to us. And we say this morning, Holy Spirit, we want to know you so much more, so much better, and be empowered by you. And so, Holy Spirit, this morning we welcome you. We welcome you here. We welcome you to this place. We welcome you to our hearts and our lives. And we pray that you might come to us afresh today. God, we recognize our need for you. We recognize that, Lord, we're hungry for more of you. We need to know your work in our lives. We need to know your power. We want to see gifts and want to see fruit. But most of all, Lord, we want to see you. We want to see you at work in our lives, making us more like you, Lord changing us from one degree of glory to another. But we can't do that. It's only your work. It's only the work of your Spirit in our hearts. So we say, God, would you come afresh, Holy Spirit, this morning. We welcome you to this place. We welcome you here. We want to know so much more of you. Just where you are, just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I want more of you in my life. <laughs> just wherever you are, just start to speak it out to him. Say, Come, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I want to know you afresh. Come, Lord Jesus. If this morning you know particularly that you want a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit, a fresh empowering from Him, maybe you're thinking, well, Graham, I'm not sure if I was actually baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, and you want that, then we're going to pray for you. And if you're like, no, no, I know I have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I need more of Him then I want to pray for you as well. 
So it's Naomi and the band lead us in a song. If this morning you'd like us to pray, I'd love you to come and join me at the front. And there's nothing special about this carpeted area here other than as you make the steps, you're saying, Lord, I want more of you. It's like a physical representation of maybe what you've prayed. So I'm going to get here first because I know that I need more of the Lord. So if you want to come and join me as we worship, then you come and stand here and we're going to pray in a moment. Let's worship the Lord. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.